Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I've got a fantastic guest for you today, but real quick before we get to them, I have to tell you about Certified Piedmontese because this is a brand I am so excited about. In fact, I will never forget the first time I had Certified Piedmontese. The crown jewel of my initial visit to Casa Bovina was a beautiful rib cap that was so lean and tender, it was almost silky in texture. The moment that beef hit my taste buds, I was hooked. These animals are raised all natural on a network of family ranches across the Midwest, so Certified Piedmontese is able to cut out the middleman and buy directly from the source. And while I highly encourage you to check out Casa Bovina, you can savor this beef at home, too. Whether you order off Piedmontese.com or by calling one 800 414-3487, your purchase will be shipped directly to your front door. Plus, when you use my discount code HOPPEN, H-O-P-P-E-N, you get 25% off your order. How can you beat that? So what are you waiting for? Get some steaks, burgers, bacon, or other meats and experience the certified Piedmontese difference for yourself today. And now, to my guest. Hey there, Omaha. Welcome into another episode of Restaurant Hoppin'. I'm your host, Dan Hoppin'. And while hot dogs are a beloved staple of backyard cookouts and baseball games and stuff like that, there aren't a lot of restaurant concepts, especially here in Omaha, that have centered around them. And there have been a couple that have unfortunately not panned out. But there's a guy who I think is changing the perspective on how we look at restaurants and hot dogs and how they come together and that is my uh, my guest today, Ryan Berry. Based off this guy's food, his history, and the quick growth that he's had, I think that your hot dogs are changing the way that we look at things. He's the owner of Willie Dogs. Ryan, thank you so much. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, man. Super excited to be here. Thanks thanks for offering to, to bring me on and being so gracious with your time. Of course. Yeah. So before we even get started... Willie Dog started as a food truck and still operates as a food truck. So follow it Correct. on Instagram and Facebook. You'll see it moving around town. Yep. But as of recording, probably about six weeks, two months ago, yep. so, somewhere yeah. in there, you also moved into the Interrail Food we Hall. Did. So people yeah. can go down to Xarbin and check that out and yeah. experience your food in a sit-down setting as well. Yeah, and a little bit little bit more expanded menu, too. Um, beings that we're in the same place every day. We don't have to pack up a restaurant, you know, multiple times a day. Uh, we've been kind of playing with the menu a little bit more and kind of expanding and doing some, uh, some more fun things. So I've yeah. noticed that because I went back and I looked at some of your menus that you had just on the food truck, and it was usually just maybe one or two styles of dog or something, but now yeah. you're getting to play around. You're getting to create different sausages different topping pairings yeah. i mean i know you've you you've integrated the pretzels and you've got like the yeah. uh, chili and cinnamon rolls pretzel like yep. how has moving into the inner rail allowed you to just kind of unleash your creativity in a way that you maybe couldn't on the food truck yeah absolutely so um you know, we, we say food truck because we kind of fell into the food truck circuit, you know, if kind of a kind of, a, you know, with the pint nines and the and cross trains, the breweries, things of that nature. Um, but really, it was it's a hot dog cart is what we right. started with. It's a little tiny trailer. Um, it's just one little steam table and four sinks. That's pretty much the whole thing. And so, um, you know, trying to really flex those chef skills in a uh, in a really confined environment is tricky. Um, but uh, the coolest thing about it is um kind of uh, allowing yourself to to work within parameters sometimes is quite a bit freeing um because i felt in the very beginning if i would have had everything at my disposal 
it would have been really difficult to narrow in on really what our core product is and what we're really trying to accomplish. Uh, but now that we've been on the hot dog cart for a while and we, uh, you know, developed this, this hot dog, which is really the, the special thing is the dog itself. Um, and it, it really got that core menu down, got a following with that. And now that we're at Interrail, we can kind of flex a little bit more, having a little bit more space. So I don't think I've met anyone who is as passionate about hot dogs <laughs> as you are. What is it about the hot dog that inspires you? I, you know, that's a great question, Dan. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. Um, I think as, as, as most, um, people, you know, uh, growing up in, I grew up in North Omaha, you know, um, money was always tight and hot dogs were cheap and, and that could feed a whole family pretty quickly. I think, um, I think that's probably where it started, you know? Um, but I, I don't know. I just like hot dogs. I like all things like that. Uh, I love Chicago dogs, love New York style dogs. Uh, and as much as I do love those, I kind of always got frustrated that Omaha kind of being like the home of beef and baseball, we just didn't have our own hot dog. We were just always kind of biting off the style of some other city. Uh, and I thought that was unfortunate. So that's kind of where the idea for Willie Dogs came from. Now, I've, I've heard you say that in, in other interviews before. So I'm, I'm curious, like, are, is your goal with Willie Dogs, is it to have, like, the Willie Dog be mentioned among the New York Coney, among the, the Seattle Dog, the yeah. Chicago Dog, stuff like that? Or is it to be more like when you come to Omaha – you're going to do things like you're going to get a Runza, you're going to go to the Drover, like you're checking those boxes, and a Willie Dog is on that too. It, both. It, both. That's what we're trying Man, to do. small ambition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, well, I think the first step, and hopefully your listeners can help us out, I think we should really try to focus to make ourselves the official hot dog of the city of Omaha. Let's Fair. start there. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, we, we are doing something unlike anything else that anybody's ever tried to do. Um, as you mentioned in the beginning, there have been other, you know, hot dog restaurants. Some of them really, really awesome. Some of them not as awesome. Um, but I think what, um, what, what sets us apart versus any other um, you know, chefs or company or restaurants that try to do this is we started with the dog first. Um, so it was less about what we're putting on top of it, and it's more about the dog itself. So this is an all-natural casing, uh, handmade, right here in Omaha, cold-smoked hot dog that you can only get at Willie Dogs. Um, so I think starting with that um, just already kind of sets us apart. Um, and so when we're thinking New York, we're thinking Chicago. I mean, we're talking about the brands at that point. You're talking Sabret. You're talking Vienna. Um, I would like the name Willie Dogs to be synonymous with you. If you want a dog that tastes like Omaha, you got to start with a Willie Dog because that's the only way to do it. So, I love it. Yeah. So I want to give you an opportunity right now to <laughs> tell us what makes a Willie Dog a Willie Dog. Because I think when so many people think hot dogs, they think delicious but they also kind of want to turn off their brain and be like, I don't want to think about what I'm eating. This is mystery yeah, meat. I don't know where it's coming sure. from. So take this opportunity. Yeah, Let us know. What, what are we eating? So you're right. In the very beginning, I mean, that was what a lot of sausages were made from was what was there and what was available. Um, and usually after many other, you know, more prized cuts of meat have been had. Um, we are certainly changing that. Um, we like to say that I can almost guarantee you that the beef that goes into my dog is probably better than your family steak night. And I can guarantee that, um, we partner with Frank Stoysich meats and we have for a number of years. Um, there's only a couple people that know the recipe to Willie dogs, myself and Thomas Stoysich are among those. Um, and so 
it, when you're already starting with, in my personal opinion, the greatest butcher shop in the world, um, and it's right here in Omaha, and we're starting with these guys that have been doing it for hundreds of years, um, took them our recipe. They were very receptive to it. And uh, so you already know that you're starting with, with those really high-end cuts of beef. Um, it, we do not say that it's an all-beef dog. Um, again, we don't have to be like anybody else just because that's what, you know, New York, Chicago, or wherever else wants. Totally fine. Love those. Um, but it's not an all beef dog because all the meat is beef. Um, and it's, again, it's high end steak cuts usually. Um, but we use a little bit of pork fat as opposed to beef fat, um, just because I like the texture and the flavor. And to be honest, it tested better when we were like testing it amongst all of our friends. Cause they took, you know, a little while to come up with this recipe. And, and that's the one that kind of, kind of took the lead. Um, so we take all those, uh, mixed with our own, you know, seasoning blend. Um, it gets put into a natural casing, um, and then handmade out. So we link those out and, uh, and then they get cold smoked, uh, for about two hours. And so, what does the cold smoke do to it? Yeah. So, um, think of cold smoking as like curing. So, um, it's cooking it, it's curing it, it's imparting a little bit of smoke flavor. Um, but it's not like a smoke sausage. Like you're not going to taste the smoke necessarily. Um, you, but it's going to be cured by the smoke if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, to me, when I know I'm having a great sausage, I know it before I even taste it because you bite and you get that the snap. snap. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And your dogs have, not just dogs, but all sausages, and we'll get into how you offer more than just hot dogs, sure. but they, they have that snap. How do you get that? Where does that come from? That's the natural casing. There so, we go. So, yeah. Um, and, and we're certainly not the only people to use a natural casing. Um, however, um, the process that, uh, that we have with Stoysage, Frank Stoysage Meats, um, allows it to go into that natural casing. That cold smoke um, kind of tightens up that casing a little bit and firms up all the, uh, you know, the emulsification, which is all your sausage in the middle, or, you know, your meat in the middle. Um, and so kind of firms all that up. Then when we get it out to either the food trucks, food trailers, because uh, we now have a truck too, um, or at inner rail, uh, we steam those, uh, and then that just kind of tightens up that casing a little bit more, plumps them up a little bit and allows you to really pop through the casing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, what I like about your menu is it's very customizable. It's, you've got the dogs on one side and then you've got the styles on the other side. So somebody can choose, do I want, you know, the, the original woolly dog? Do I want a bratwurst? You mm-hmm. know, do I want a, a smoked Polish or what whatever special sausage you might be running at the time and then you've got different styles where it could be you know normal style with ketchup and mustard it could have chili on it it could be your signature willy style which we'll get into but how did you decide on that style of service kind of having those two decisions that a customer has to make sure so um i think a lot of our menu decisions and menu design decisions um, within Willie Dogs really come back to how does this impact the customer and how does this um, equate to quick service. Um, if we back up into the food truck days, one of my biggest frustrations of, of food trucks, if you're at an event or something of that nature, is uh, you know you order food and it may be 20, maybe 30 minutes before you get your food. Um, well, no, you're a food truck. Get the food out the window. That was always my philosophy. And so um, taking that kind of frustration and wanting to solve that issue on the food trucks, um, the goal is the food is being handed to you by the time you're done paying. Um, That's just how fast we want to run. And we do the same thing within uh, within the restaurant as well over at Inner Rail. And so I think designing it in that way um, allowed people to just kind of come up and go, oh, this, 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 and just kind of kind of move through it, kind of similar to like a 
fast, casual style. Um, you know, you, you go into the, the Philly steak place and you pick your, you know, your base and your protein and, and you kind of move on. And so I think kind of looking at menus like that and seeing what works um, and seeing what works for fast service while still being able to maintain the quality of food was the goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let, let's get into, we'll get into the development of the Willie dog <laughs> shortly, but I want to talk about your other sausages too, because if somebody's like, well, you know, I, I don't want to just get a hot dog. You can get the smoke Polish. You mm-hmm. can get some type of bratwurst usually. Um, mm-hmm. Right now, as we're recording this, you have a burnt ends bratwurst on the menu which just sounds so delicious yeah. i don't know why i've never heard of anyone ex- doing it before yeah it's but it exactly what amazing. you think it is yeah it's a sausage made with burnt ends oh yeah my gosh it's really good um so that one um we called it the maverick uh so that's our of course a rotella's buns barbecue sauce that burnt end link um i did a coleslaw that was a little bit thicker so it would kind of hold up on the dog and then top that with some spicy mustard and we called that the maverick in honor of our you know you and o friends right over the you know across the street there so i love it where does the inspiration for the different sausages come from that aren't the willy dog yeah you know kind of whatever we're feeling i think that's where um you know i think some of my my chef training that i got here you know in omaha and uh just some of the creativity kind of comes through but we take a lot from our customers and stuff too um we have a, a notebook that hangs in the back of inner rail and it's just menu ideas and so uh we'll just ask or if you ever have an idea you're like man this would be cool let's try it you know if we can that's where the uh the autumn brought came from uh that had some pumpkin puree and warming spices in it um where the pizza one came from right the pizza one came from a little nine-year-old kid yeah who uh him and his i didn't know they weren't from here they were just in town but they came to willie dogs two days in a row and so uh, I looked at the little man and I said, hey, you know, if you could pick anything in the world to, to put on your dog, what would it be? And I mean, without missing a beat, he yells pepperoni, which was not even in the top 25 of what I thought was going to come <laughs> out of his mouth. Um, and, but that's where it came from. And uh, so that was a Rotella's bun with a tomato sauce, an Italian sausage, um, some crispy pepperoni and a garlic Parmesan sauce. What, yeah. whether you've executed on this or not, what's the craziest idea somebody's throwing at you? Okay, so I think this is just me personally, but we've done it many times. Yeah. Um, but we have a good friend of ours. Um, we'll call him the Boz. Uh, he'll know. Uh, but he calls it the Boz dog. And people eat it up when we do it, but I can't get my head around it. He likes to do our Willy dog with sauerkraut and like nacho cheese or cheddar cheese, whatever we're doing that day. And I mean, I've never even attempted to taste it, but like it <laughs> flies every time that we do it. Every single time that we do it, it flies off the shelf. And I don't, I don't know, I'm, I'm missing something in there. But uh, that's like the craziest, at least in my personal opinion, that's the crazy one. Um, but we've got a lot of cool stuff in the works right now. Uh, right now, we're um, as of recording this. This will come out um, here in a little bit on our menu. Um, we're gonna do like a buffalo chicken kind of sausage so uh it's going to be our rotella's bun uh some kind of like kind of a thicker buffalo sauce uh, that we can kind of paste onto the bun a uh chicken sausage that we're going to do some cracked black pepper and blue cheese in the sausage itself uh and then we're going to do like some uh julienne carrots uh with a little bit of uh, a ranch on top of that oh my gosh that sounds awesome just kind of like a buffalo chicken all right there you got your carrots you got your ranch got everything um, but we have some other stuff on the work, you know, in the works, Reuben dogs, some other uh, different, you know, chicken sausages, because uh, we're, we're finding that we want to try to offer some things that uh, that don't have beef or don't have pork as well. So, well, th- I mean, that's kind of the fun thing for you, especially now that you're in this new space, I'm guessing is 
I mean, a hot dog is it's kind of a blank canvas. It's Most bread and it's meat. You don't even have to have a certain kind of meat. It could be chicken. It could be pork. Yeah. It could be beef. And then you can top it with whatever you want. You can make yeah. different sauces. You can do all kinds of crazy stuff. Like, how fun has it been just to be able to experiment now? It's a blast. It's an absolute blast. Um, again, being on the in the food truck circuit, like, it, you can do it, but it certainly is much more difficult to have rotating specials. Um, because people are usually planning for whatever your menu normally is. Um, when we're at like some of our regular spots, you know, out at like cross train and pint nine, sure. We'll, we'll get a little wild out there, but, um, but I think what's really fun about it is having a place that's consistent, um, where we can have our normal menu, but then also kind of branch out and do some other things. It's just exhilarating because we can kind of do whatever we want, you know, within, within reason, we can't fry anything because of where we're at. Uh, but outside of that, we can pretty much do anything that we want so yeah well and and i've talked with other restaurant owners about this i think that this is something that's really important now that you're in a a designated space like on a food truck yeah you can offer two or three menu items and that's going to be fine because people are in a place they see it they come to you Mm -hmm. but when you're trying to get people to come to your place it helps so much to have something new and something mm-hmm. of variety because somebody can go to a, like if they went to Willie Dogs and they had you know the three things that you have in your food truck menu they'd be like okay I had those those three things right. those are good maybe I'll come back in a couple months and have them again but if you're constantly putting out specials that are drawing people in and being like oh. Well, I was just there two weeks ago, but they got a burnt ends brought now. Right. I, yeah. I mean, I have to try yeah. that. So how important has it been now that you're in this physical space to be able to uh, just create new things all the time and keep that interest of uh, yeah. customers? Um, well, I think I mean, I think it's um, it, it really kind of hits on on two sides, like me being a creative person and being a chef and just being a, a foodie myself, you know, as much as maybe I d- dislike that term at times, but I think it's true. Um, I, I think it scratches that itch of me always wanting to try something new, do something mm-hmm. different and, uh, and really kind of flex some of those chef skills and be like, Oh, I'm going to try this sauce or do that. Um, and, and, and I think on the verse side of that, always changing, um, and, you know, having your core menu, but always having something new and having something fun, uh, I think is a really great way to stay engaged with your customers and with your guests as well. Um, cause to your point, if my menu doesn't change ever, okay. But how many times are you going to revisit that Facebook page or that or whatever? If you know, the menu looks exactly the same. Now on the verse side of that, if you know, Oh, Willie dogs in an rail is putting out a special every week or, or whatever the case may be, you're going to check back every week. You know, at least we hope that you're going to check back every week and see what the new, you know, what the new flavor of the week is or the day. And, uh, so I, I think it, it allows us to kind of pull that thread through being, you know, creative and being, um, you know, culinary, just, I don't know, enthusiast, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but pulling the thread through that, um, through our customer engagement as well, which is a huge part of what we do, um, is the experience and what it feels like to come to Willie Dogs, both as a staff and as a guest. So, Chicagoans are famous for saying you can't put ketchup on mm-hmm. a hot dog. You have... Uh, ketchup is on your menu. You yeah. can put ketchup on. Is there any condiment that cannot go on a Willie Dog? Like just nah. out of principle? No. Nah. You'll, nah, go, you'll go anywhere. Omaha. Yeah, there's no wrong way to Willie Dog. Now you can do whatever you'd like. 
Um, I, I've never understood the whole ketchup argument. I'm also not from Chicago. I'm from North Omaha. So in North Omaha, ketchup, that's what we use. Like, that's it. So um, I've often, you know, gotten over the years, uh, you know, like, oh, you got You can't have ketchup on your menu. And I go, cool. Well, that's like 60% of my market. So <laughs> if you're willing to supplement that, then sure, we'll gladly take that off. You know, we'll call it the ketchup tax or something. I don't know. But uh, uh, but no, I don't think there's there's anything that can or cannot go on a dog. And I think it's a little ridiculous to say that ketchup can't. I mean, I know there's going to be people that are going to they're going to hate on us or hate on me in this, you know, in the comments after this. I know it. But uh uh, but, but, but really there's just no wrong way to Willie dog. And it's, uh, again, back to that experience and how it feels. If you want ketchup on your dog, put ketchup on your dog, go for it. So speaking of whatever you want to put on your dog, we got to talk about the Willie, the Willie style, because yeah. I, I would assume that this is just based off the name. This is your signature thing. So it's kind of like a horse rat, horseradish based sauce. Mm-hmm. And then, um, like sweet caramelized onions yeah yeah pretty close yeah uh, oh, yeah okay no, no you're first good. of all correct me and then tell me <laughs> how you came to this being like the the traditional willy way yeah uh kind of just stumbled into it to be completely honest um so i've always made these onions at home right um you know you can kind of put them on anything um but they're just like a sweet onion some people use like um like a name brand cola of some sort and and you know kind of simmer some julienne onions down with those um and you can do that with many different dark sodas they all come out pretty good um us not wanting to partner with any major brands like that because we're a local, you know, local focused kind of company. Um, so we do these things called brown sugar onions. So we dice up some onions um, from local farms when we can get them from local farms. Uh, we just go through a lot usually. Um, and then uh, it's a little bit of butter, a little bit of salt, and a little bit of brown sugar. And we just kind of slow simmer them down. Um, so they retain a little bit of that texture. They're not, you know, hopefully shouldn't be super mushy. Um, and just kind of a little bit still of that little bite to them. Uh, and then the sauce, we call it Willie Good sauce, you know, because it's Willie Good. Actually, my son named it that. Oh, that's um, cute. But, uh, yeah, it, we call it like a mild horseradish sauce. Um, it's kind of our own signature sauce. Again, it was just something that I would make at home uh, if we were having Polish sausage from Frank's Toysage Meats or uh, or just kind of anything like that. It's just kind of a, a mayo-y, horseradish-y sauce that we, uh, you know, dress up, and it, it's pretty darn tasty. It pairs very well with Yeah, the hot just dog. kind of a mild spiciness, mild sweetness, neither one really overpowering, and I think it kind of melds well with the with the snap of the dog and, of course, the, the, the Rotella's bread. So Yeah, the balance is fantastic. Well, thanks. So I got to I gotta get inside your chef-y brain for a second here. Fire away. You were talking about the buffalo chicken dog. Yeah. So that's something that you're work, you're working on. Maybe you've finished it by now. R- regardless, <laughs> it, it'll be coming out soon. Take me from the pl- the time when you conceive of this idea, and you're like, I want to do a buffalo chicken bratwurst, or yeah. And then until the time it goes on the menu, what happens in that space in between? How long does it? I mean, I'm sure this differs from dog to dog, but sure. how long does it generally take? How much are you testing? Just what happens in that space? Yeah. So in the beginning. With the Willie Dog recipe itself, there was months of, like, small batches to try to get it right. Um, with some of the new stuff that we do, uh, 
um, like the chicken sausage that's coming or the autumn brat or, um, you know, we did a jalapeno cheddar. We've done all sorts of stuff. It usually will start with a conversation with Thomas Doisage and saying, hey, this is what I'm thinking. He'll go, all right. <laughs> you know, or, uh, or sometimes the conversation starts on his end sometimes too, where he's like, Hey man, I got this idea. I'm like, cool, let's do it. You know? And then, um, a lot of times, uh, I would say most often it starts with whatever the protein is, uh, and then kind of building from that. Sometimes it's reverse engineered. And like in the, in the case of our pepperoni dog, it was like, you want pepperoni? Okay. Well then we ended up with a whole pizza dog basically. But, um, yeah, so, I mean, it just kind of goes back and forth uh, between uh, him and I within our staff, too. We just kind of talk about all sorts of crazy ideas. We have this menu list in the back that's got, I mean, everything from, like, pepper jellies to, like, Reuben dogs. Like, you name it, it's on this thing, um, on this list. And uh, so, yeah, usually it'll start with, like, a conversation. Um, and then, like, for instance, with the chicken sausage uh, we've been wanting to do a chicken sausage for a while again, just to make sure we have a, another option for folks. Um, and, uh, so we talked with Thomas, talked to Thomas, finally found a spot kind of in the menu schedule of where we could fit a, a different one in. And, and he's like, well, you know, I've got this idea, you know, crack black pepper. And I was like, oh yeah, it's blue cheese. He said blue cheese. All right. And then, you know, a couple of weeks later we have, you know, 50 pounds of, 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 whatever this new one is. And, um, and normally while that's in that process and he's working through that and, and making them for us, um, that's when I go into like crazy development mode and I'm like, okay, just cause it has blue cheese. It doesn't have to be this. It can be this, this. And, um, you know, and I'll bounce that off the staff. A lot of our staff are young. Uh, a lot of them are in high school and, they're honestly some of the best staff that I've ever had working with me ever. Um, and they're really creative. So it's really fun to like kind of watch them kind of uh, branch out a little bit too. Um, and not having the confines of like maybe the mind that I have because of my culinary background, um, they get to really kind of spread their wings. And so with this one, it, uh, with the chicken sausage, it just kind of kept going and going. And, and originally it was just going to be like a dog, you know, the sausage with buffalo sauce. And that was kind of like where we were kind of at a stopping point. Um, but then we thought, okay, well, let's, let's get some skills in here. Let's julienne some carrots down. Let's show the skill. Let's, uh, you know, make a nice buffalo sauce, do a nice ranch sauce, you know, in house and, and, uh, you know, chop some chives and just make it look real pretty and hopefully very tasty. <laughs> so how fun is it to empower those kids? Cause I mean, like I'm thinking back when I was in high school, I was working at Hy-Vee and I loved working at Hy-Vee, but I, <laughs> I was a, I was a worker drone. I mean, yeah. I, I was scanning items. I was putting stuff on shelves. Nobody was asking for my opinion on anything. Yeah, My first job was bakers. So I oh, know right okay. where you're at. Yeah. Yes. So we both come grocery. Back yeah. Ends. But I mean, I, like, I can't even imagine at that age being asked, like, hey, I'm trying something out. What do you think of this? Or, hey, we're, mm -hmm. we're making this this style of hot dog. What do you think would go well on it? I mean, that that's got to just create such buy-in from those kids, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think that comes back to kind of what I was mentioning earlier, where um, it's very it's very important to me what it feels like to come to Willie Dogs, both as a staff member and as a guest. Um, it is an experience. It is, at the end of the day, it's just hot dogs. But there's a lot that we can do in between that. Mm -hmm. um, and we we focus a lot on what we call ownership mentality. Um, so you may only be 16, 17, but if it says Thomas's hot dogs on the window, how do you want that interaction to go? 
you know, um, and, and for me, it's being open and honest and transparent with them, um, with all of my staff. I mean, there's, we don't keep secrets. There's no hiding anything. It's everything's right here. And we talk about everything. Um, uh, I, I think it's just important to, to illustrate that, you know, um, a phrase that we say constantly, you know, we're all in this together. Um, cause it's very true. We're all in this together. And the more that we uh, realize that and help each other out along the way, um, the better off we all are. And, um, with something like having young, you know, young staff, um, it, it's another important thing for me to make sure that whatever I'm doing for them is not only engaging them, um, but it's furthering their life in some way. So you go through culinary school and you, you become a steward of this information, right? Well, your job now is, yes, to be a chef and all that, but your main job is to pass that information along. Um, and so, you, yes, it may be a little hot dog place, but they're learning all their knife skills. They're learning proper sanitation. They're learning proper engagement with customers um, uh, and, and just everything that goes along with it. Um, and I think that including them in every piece of that, um, again, provides that ability for them to fall a little bit more into that ownership mentality. I love that. Yeah. How did you get into cooking and culinary originally? Yeah. Um, I would say a hundred percent my grandma. She's no longer with us, but like my grandma was in my mind, the master chef, you know, now looking back, it was definitely a lot of like home cooking, soul food type things. But, um, no, that was definitely where the, certainly the love of it I'm originated, um, was with her. One of my first business ventures I ever had was I would work for my grandma in the kitchen, right? And she would pay me in Andy's mints. And then I would take <laughs> That's those. That's good payment it right is, there. It is. But I would take those to school and I'd sell them for either 10 cents a piece or you get three for a quarter. And then I'd take that. I'd probably just go buy more Andy's mints. I don't know why I was doing that. But, uh, but you know, that was like my first like foray into like, oh, you know, my grandma's saying, okay, if you're going to be in here, go put an apron on and let's get after it. Um, and so I think that's definitely where it originated was, uh, was with my grandma, but it's something that's just kind of been omnipresent through my whole life. Um, I've always enjoyed, you know, the dance of being in a kitchen. Um, I like the flow of it. I like engaging with customers and there's few things in, at least for me, there's few things more satisfying than making something to eat and giving it to someone and having them just thoroughly enjoy it. I mean, there's, there's just few greater joys in this world. Hey there, listeners. We'll get back to my guest in a minute, but I got to remind you one more time about Certified Piedmontese. Anyone who listens to this podcast or follows me on social media knows that I enjoy my fair share of decadent meals and delicious desserts. And that's why it's really important to me to eat really clean between big meals. And that is one of the main reasons I love Certified Piedmontese. Piedmontese cattle have extra muscle mass, which allows them to maintain a rich tenderness without much fatty marbling. In fact, ounce for ounce, certified Piedmontese beef has fewer calories and more protein than salmon. Don't believe that healthy food can taste this good? Just try it. When you order off certifiedpiedmontese.com, use the promo code HOPPEN, that's my last name, H-O-P-P-E-N, for 25% off your order. You will taste the difference for yourself. If you are looking for steak, roasts, tenderloins, bacon, and more, Check out CertifiedPiedmontese.com and experience the Certified Piedmontese difference today. And now, back to my guest. Now, you mentioned that you went to culinary school. I did. Most people's ambition coming out of culinary school is not to open a hot dog cart. <laughs> and that's not to say anything against hot dogs or hot dog sure. carts. No, you're right. I, I think we can agree yeah. on that. Where, like, 
where did the inspiration come from as you're getting all these skills? I'm assuming fine dining skills and maybe mm-hmm. even, you know, fast casual service skills. How did you hone in on my concept? I think what I want to do is, is hot dogs. Well, so I did it a little bit unconventionally. So I went to culinary school after already owning my business for a couple of years. Oh, okay. So um, because of just how me and our family, we believe we try not to be the, you know, the coulda, woulda, shoulda, you know, it's just a very much be present where your feet are type of family. And um, w- with that being said, there's always been like the, man, I know I would enjoy culinary school. I should have done it a long time ago, but you know, life takes you down a crazy path to get to, you know, get you to where you need to go. Um, so I had already owned Willie dogs for a couple years when I decided to go to culinary school. So this was just like a year or so ago. Um, and so having already, been in the business, been in industry, um, and knowing what my business is and knowing like what my growth strategy for it was, um, that, that allowed me to really like, um, you know, kind of pick and choose what I feel is applicable to what I'm doing. Um, with that being said though, there wasn't an ounce that I got in that school that wasn't valuable in some way. So, but you approach culinary school almost more from the business aspect and mm-hmm. learning how to create a brand than necessarily no even even i had already created willie dogs so like we had already been running and going for a few years right um, but, but to but to grow it oh to grow sure 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 Sorry. yeah no no quite all right i just misunderstood um yeah so like i think what i got a lot as far as in terms of how to um integrate that knowledge into the business was um maybe just some of the the back-end processes that um that that I was maybe already doing, but I could be doing better, um, you know, like inventory management, costing and things like that, um, and just finding some of the tips and tricks. I've kind of always equated going to culinary school, like, <laughs> like, like when I got my first golf lesson, you know, I thought I was a pretty good golfer. Uh, and then I had my first golf lesson. And I realized all the things I was doing horribly, <laughs> like just horrible. Yeah. Like I was absolutely horrible at it. Um, and I think, I think approaching it in that same way and just going in and, and humbling yourself and being like, yeah, I may be a business owner and it may be doing well and, and whatnot, but I'm really here to be a sponge and soak things up. And um, I kind of uh, narrowed it down that I went to culinary school really for three things. And it was to, you know, sharpen my skills, broaden my horizons and network. Uh, and, you know, I accomplished all that. So, you know, it was, it was a great experience. And yeah. Okay. To the point where I would send anybody that works for me to culinary school and we would help pay for as much of it as possible because I think it's that valuable. That's cool. Yeah. Let's go a little further back in the timeline then. Sure. When when did the idea for Willie Dogs like arise in your head <laughs> and when did you say, okay, I need to make this a reality? Yeah. Um, I would say probably like beginning of 2019 is when it like like – maybe late 2018 beginning of 2019 i was like all right i'm gonna do this like this is gonna be cool and like i didn't have any intention of it being anything bigger than just like me and my truck and a little hot dog cart and like come and get it kind of thing you know um my personality kind of got the best of me and that's where you know the whole branding of willie dogs and the specific dog recipe and all that kind of came from but um yeah so i left I left my full-time job in 2019 after kind of developing this rest, developing the recipe, developing the branding, developing the business, uh, and all that. Cause I had already, I went to business school years ago. And so that's where a lot of that initial, uh, knowledge came from. I mean, I had no idea what I was doing from a culinary side, but, but I had an idea of what I wanted the business to look like, you know? Um, and so, yeah, I left my full-time job in November of 2019, 
Uh, and because I have brilliant timing, uh, our soft opening was February 22nd of 2020. <laughs> uh, and funny story about that, you know, Danelle Taylor, yes. right? Yeah. So Danelle and I worked at, um, the big green building off like 108th and Dodge for, uh, for a number of years. And, and, uh, so we'd known each other for a long time. So when I was finally getting this going and he was kind of getting his thing going too. And he's like, well, you want to be on the podcast? And I was like, sure. No idea what that means, but let's do it. Uh, I set the soft opening date in his driveway two minutes before I walked in the door. Oh, wow. Uh, Cause I was like, man, if I'm going to go on this podcast then I need to like have a day in mind. <laughs> and, uh, but I kind of also needed that to like push myself along, you know, like, if you don't tell me a deadline, I'm never going to get it done, you know, mm -hmm. but, uh, but if you tell me that you need it in three days, you'll have it in one type of like, that's just my personality. Um, and so I kind of had to set that date. And so, yeah, February 22nd of 2020 was our, our, uh, soft opening, if you will. About to what, two or three weeks before the world shuts down. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right in there. Yeah. But, yeah. but I mean, maybe that gave you a chance to have, you know, a couple events, get your feet wet a little bit and then. Yeah, you don't want to have to take that big of a step back, sure. but you could take a step back and be like, okay, what's working? What's not working? How do we hone this thing in? You are exactly right. Like, that is exactly how it went. Um, we did the soft opening, did a couple other events, you know, a couple small caterings here and there, and then, you know everything hit the fan and the whole world kind of shut down. And, uh, my wife is a, a teacher, right. In OPS, uh, and our son at the time was in kindergarten. So, um, I kind of just like shifted gears and I was, you know, the lunch lady and the principal and the counselor and the, the janitor. I mean, the engineer, I was everybody at home while they kind of focused on, uh, on school and work. Um, and it wasn't until, about mid-June, which, again, allowed me to kind of sit and rebrand things and really think about our process and our procedures because, again, I have a business background prior to culinary. Um, and it was about mid-June, I walked into the next chapter, the bookstore off, like, 25th and Farnham. And uh, Shelly, the owner, is amazing. She's just a great person. Um, we get to talking, and she's like, well, next weekend is Independent Bookstore Day. You want to do that? And I'm like, sure, why not? Uh, and that was kind of what led us just to write back into the, the whole swing of things. So we did an independent bookstore day. Um, somebody there knew somebody at pint nine brewing who books food trucks. And we got going over there with our buddy Andy and, um, and then somebody there knew of, of another event and it just kind of, just kind of kept going and fell into that food truck world. And here we are, I don't know, three years later, something like that, four mm -hmm. years later. And we're still rocking it. Now we have a brick and mortar and we have multiple trailers and a little mini food truck now. So it's exciting. It's a blast. It's a roller coaster is the only way I can describe it. I just feel like I'm hanging on. So I'm going to make you go back a little bit further in True. the timeline. I know that this, this recipe took six to eight months for you to develop. Mm -hmm. And you're very passionate about this needs to be something unique, something distinct that when someone eats this, they're like, Oh, that's a Willie dog. Mm -hmm. So what does that process look like? Uh, because yeah. you said you didn't have a background in culinary. So what does the process look like of trying to create this, this new thing? Yeah. Well, I think um, even not having a culinary background, like I had the flavor in my head, you know, like I knew what I was looking for, you know, um, it, it was almost like in, in a way, like recreating something, you know, like I had never tasted this before, but I was recreating something that I, you know, does that make sense? I don't know if that's yeah. a great explanation or not, no, but, it uh, is. but you know, it was like, um, 
you know, like certain tastes, certain smells will take you back to certain places. And I think that's kind of what I was searching for. And so we originally worked with the other side of the Stoysich family. Um, and uh, it, it worked out really well because it was kind of over a Husker season um, for the bulk of it. And so a lot of what would happen is I'd make, you know, have them make or we, we would make, uh, you know, in our shop, 10, 15, 20, 25 pound batches. And I mean, it was super old school, like blue toothpicks here, red toothpicks here, boys, tell me which one you like better. Um, and it certainly hit a point where it was less about what I wanted in it. And it was more about what made more sense for the market as a whole. Um, and so that's honestly where the pork fat instead of beef fat came from, uh, because it just tested better. So that's what we went with. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was, it was just a lot of back and forth and a lot of like, oh, this came out too oniony or too garlic and we need to change that. Or can we change, you know, what salt we're using? Cause even that can, you know, change your flavors. Um, can we change how long it's being smoked or cold smoked? Can we look at different say, size casings and just everything that it would change it? And, um, and then we kind of, you know, landed on the recipe that I thought was pretty darn solid. Um, and, um, just for some business reasons, we ended up moving over to um, Frank Stoysich Meads. Um, and so I went to Thomas Stoysich over there and was like, here's what we got. And uh, what do you think? And he goes, cool. Yep, I'm in. I'm like, I totally expected it to be a much more difficult conversation. But, uh, but yeah, you're super receptive to the idea. And, uh, yeah, then we've just been rocking ever since. So Wow. I mean, wh- like, I'm so fascinated in the idea of knowing – when it's right because i mean i can't imagine yeah. over those eight months or whatever it was how many different varieties you tried how many different methods how many different recipes lots yeah <laughs> a lot a lot of hot dogs during yeah. that time so yeah i'm always fasc- luckily i really like them so it's yes. good <laughs> it's like my favorite food but <laughs> i'm always fascinated with chefs or creators when they reach that end point and they say yep this is it how did you know this is it you know, that's a really good question. And I, I, think, um, I think it's a lot like musicians. You can keep working on that song forever, but at a certain point, you just, just record it, it out and there. be done yeah. with it. Um, and I think that's kind of what where we landed with Willie Dogs, where the things I was tweaking at that point were like, nobody's going to know a difference at this point. Like, and if you do, wow, you have a hell of a palate. You know, <laughs> like, that's amazing. But, uh, yeah, I think... Um, once I got it to that, to that, that point of like, like I was saying, I had that flavor in my mind. I knew the texture, which was the most important thing for me was the texture of not just the casing, but of, of the, the hot dog itself. Mm-hmm. Um, once I kind of got that dialed in, um, and then there was a couple seasoning blends that, that were not so great. And some that were, I thought were really, really good. Um, and this one was the one that kind of just always tested consistent, consistently. Um, and so we stuck with that and went to Frank's Toy Stitch Meats and said, here, let's rock and roll. Let's and do it. Yeah. Now, it's a really big leap to have a full-time job and be doing this on the side to yeah. flip that and say, okay, stability? Nope. Yeah. Nope, don't, don't need that. <laughs> Get out of here. I'm, I'm doing yeah. this restaurant thing. But that's kind of what you – like, if you had stayed in a full-time job, you would not have a – spot in the inner rail no. right now you had no. to go all in yeah how, how did you know when the time was right where it was like i i gotta try this yeah so what i think what the dividing line for me was of in the very very beginning inception of what this now is it was literally i was gonna 
just buy a used generic hot dog cart. I was going to buy cases of generic dogs. And it was just going to be what we call like boat money, like vacation money. Just if I want a new guitar, I'm going to go sell some dogs for a while or something. But I think what what changed was when my kind of like my personality got the best of it, you know, like. I don't know that I'd be like, this is what I do on the side. Like, I just don't know how comfortable that was for me. And I'm like, if I'm going to do this, like, I'm going to do something really cool and really special because why not? Mm -hmm. You know, we have, in my mind, the world's greatest bakery right here, Rotella's. We have one of the the world's greatest butcher shop at Frank's Doisage Meats. We have so many amazing farms and local resources right here that it kind of just seemed a no-brainer that, like, if you're an Omaha guy and you're going to do it here locally, like, let's do it here locally then. Um, and so that's kind of where the idea for taking it from something that was just generic, just to like have extra money on the side, um, to having, you know, multiple trailers and, and the brand and, and the dog itself. So, yeah. Now you, you kind of mentioned how you got your start with, um, with, uh, the bookstore and then Mm -hmm. going to pint nine and stuff like that. And, and part of, part of being a food truck owner or even just a, you know, hot dog cart owner is just being places and people are there already. And they're like, Hey, I'm hungry. I'm going to go get mm-hmm. that. So, but that's part of it. But I'm interested in just like, as you're establishing Willie dogs as a thing, how do you get the word out? You know, I think that is the biggest challenge. Just being I mean, there. well, to being present in, in the consumer education part of it, um, it doesn't matter how many different ways I plaster on everything, local handmade hot dogs, and still at least once a day we get the, oh, you just have hot dogs? I'm like, yeah, it's not but just no. a hot dog, man. <laughs> yeah, come on, it's more than that. Um, and I, I, I think a lot of it is just that consumer education, and I think that's also why the city is very fortunate to have folks like Danelle and yourself and Dave Zorko and, and others that are – writing about food and talking about food and highlighting what Omaha really is. Cause it's not just a bunch of generic food out there. There's a lot of really awesome special things happening in this city. Um, and, and a lot of it is just that consumer education and getting the word out there. Um, and I mean, I will be a hundred percent honest in the beginning. It was difficult, you know, like our prices were different in the beginning. COVID wrecked us. A lot of things, you know, got wrecked with supply chains and stuff, but, um, you know, even at the price point that we started with, there were people that were like, I'm not paying that for a hot dog. And I'm like, yeah, but let me buy you the first one. And then if that doesn't change your mind, have a great day. I'm glad I bought you lunch, you know, but I think it will. Um, and so I think just holding tight to like what we were trying to do has proven to be the most successful and most consistent success over the last, you know, four years or whatever. Um, there's been many times that we could have done a Chicago dog or any other number of things or prepare them in different ways or whatever the case may be. Um, but I think holding tight to like the mission and what we were trying to create has been the most beneficial, um, because it's been consistent messaging since day one, you know, like our message has not changed. Our toppings may have changed a little bit. Um, obviously our menu at inner rail has changed changes constantly, but, um, but the branding and the message has always been the same. This is a local handmade hot dog uh, that you can't get anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How'd the opportunity at the Interrail arise for you? That's a crazy story, actually. So, um, so obviously, I went to culinary school fairly recently, and I was part of the culinary team Nebraska, which is a competition culinary team. 
Uh, shout out to them. Um, the hot food side just took uh, second in nationals in New Orleans last year, and nice. my side also took second in the whole country. So uh, I have a number two in the country medal, chef medal singing at home, which is bizarre to me that that even occurred. But it was a wonderful experience. But um, a, uh, a fellow teammate um, named Wes um, on Culinary Team Nebraska worked with Interrail, and uh, they had actually thought about doing their own hot dog concept. Um, which I would have been a fan of, like, go for it. Um, I just like hot dogs. But um, Wes goes, hey, I know this guy. Uh, if you haven't heard of him, you know, it's this guy named, you know, Ryan, he does Willie Dogs. It's like the, its own hot dog or whatever. And a couple of people had heard about it, and one of them hadn't. And so we all kind of sat down and talked because um, originally they were just going to source our dogs from us, like, for their own concept. Um, and it kind of became really clear within the first few minutes of chatting that, like, maybe this would be a good fit for Willie dogs. You know, um, we had already had the branding. We had already had kind of a lot of the process in place and, and obviously it's our dog. And so we know what we're doing with it. Um, and, uh, yeah. And then it was, it, I mean, talk about a roller coaster. It was like one of those ones that like shoots you out of the gate. Cause it was like, all right, yep. Yep. Back and forth. Some numbers here. All right. Here's the contract sign. And a, a week, week later, uh, we did our grand opening. So it was like, boom, 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 boom. Just, hold on for the ride type of thing and hope hopefully you did everything right and you took care of everything and and uh it's again been a whirlwind um but we've been growing every day over there and just been welcomed with open arms with everybody over there there's not a bad bite of food in the house um and uh it's just been a really really awesome little community we have so we've talked about how moving into the interrail has allowed you to expand what you're doing culinarily but how does it expand just your audience and the different people that you are seeing that you, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm guessing a lot of your customers there are people who would never, and I include myself in this mm -hmm. probably wouldn't, wouldn't experience your food outside of it because yeah. they'd have to just be at a brewery or follow you on social media or something like that. Now you're getting just walking people who are like, what's that? Really dogs. Yeah. I, I could go for that. No, that's a great question. Um, I mean, we do have our, our good core following, uh, sure. again, uh, because of the breweries and stuff. And so, you know, we, we say that we're going home when we go to Cross Drain and Pint Nine because that's where we cut our teeth for the most part and spend a lot of time out there. And we still use Cross Drain's Fairy Nectar in our mustard on our menu. And uh, um, But I think what's really neat is, it, and this is something that was totally unexpected because when I thought Inner Rail, I thought, you know, kind of your working class people with like toast and HER and all those other major companies right there, college kids, you know, that was kind of my perception of the area. Um, what I didn't anticipate was the number of people that are a little bit older. Um, I mean, even maybe a little bit older than us that, um, you know, have been searching for that. Remember how I said I had that flavor of yeah. a dog in my head. These folks are searching for that same one that they had as a kid, you know, that doesn't exist anymore because nobody does a handmade dog anymore. And so that's been the most surprising, like, customer base that I've watched grow at Interrail just because I did not anticipate it. And all my research, that age group was not coming up high in my demographics. I just thought, you know, it is. But um, with things like, you know, again, you putting stuff out about us and, you know, KETV, KMTV, the World Herald, like everybody who's been – so uh, just incredibly nice enough to put our name on their stuff. It's just, uh, it, it just keeps growing every day. But yeah, certainly that, um, that demographic I didn't see coming. Um, 
and it, I, it it's just it, it makes me so happy when they come up and they're like, "This is what I've been waiting for. This is the dog I was looking for." And I'm like, "Gotcha, you know, I got you here." So um, that that's been the, the the I think the coolest part about it all. Um, but certainly, every single day we're getting people that walk in that have never had a Willie dog before, who have never heard of Willie dogs, um, and we just kind of go right back to that uh, consumer education piece that we've been doing since day one, where. Yeah, you know, you can go get a cheap dog, and there's certainly a time and place for that. Um, I mean, in our family, we still will throw some of those, you know, on a stick over a fire. There's not a post to any of that. Um, but we just like to think that we're a little bit of a, a cut above. Um, I think one of the best reviews we ever got was very early. Um, someone said that it uh, it tastes like the grown-up version of the thing you loved as a kid. Oh, wow. And I thought yeah. that was pretty spot on. Put so. that on a T-shirt right yeah, there. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. I'm in. We'll get you one. <laughs> uh, so... As as we wind down here, we've talked a lot about you know your future aspirations for for Willie Dogs, how you want this to be an Omaha destination, how you want it to be known among the hot dog legends, how you've grown in the inner rail. But getting there, what what do you see as the future of Willie Dogs? I know it, it's you've grown so much over the last year or so, especially getting to, into the inner rail. That yeah. I'm sure it just feels like you're drinking from a fire hose right now, but as you continue to look into the future, how do you get Willie dogs to that next step? What does that next step look like? Yeah. I mean, I think that's something that I like, I wrestle with every day really is what direction do I want it to go? Um, you, you had mentioned some like hot dogs kind of like a blank slate. And that's kind of how I look at the business too, is it's kind of a blank slate because nobody else is doing this here. No. Um, I take a lot of inspiration from Portillo's in Chicago. Uh, I mean, the guy started on a little hot dog cart and now it ships worldwide. You know, uh, I'm not necessarily saying that that's where I see the end of Willie dogs, but uh, I certainly see it becoming synonymous with the city of Omaha. Um, that's, that's certainly our, our number one goal. If we have a mission goal right now, it's just to make that name, that dog synonymous with the city of Omaha. Um, I do, I do see, um, maybe some other locations coming at some point and we'll just say that. Okay. So, uh, we're definitely not necessarily interested in franchising quite yet. I don't think that's anything that's, that's, uh, in the near future, mainly because we're focused a lot on process right now and standard operating procedures um, so that it's consistent and it's replicatable. Um, because again, if you have one here on Monday, you should be able to have the same thing on Thursday over there. and It mm-hmm. should taste exactly the same. Um, so that's a major focus of what we're doing right now. And Interrail is providing that kind of like um, kind of an arena to draw a template um, because we have the space to kind of stretch out a little bit, make mistakes, change things, and and try to hone in on the best process. Um, and so I think that in combination with the with the new food truck uh, and a couple other the new trailers, uh, I think we're just going to see a little bit of growth over this next year as far as location-wise. Uh, and then moving outside of that, um, I, the goal would be to have maybe a few other ones around the city. So Okay. Yeah. More stuff to look forward to. Yeah, man. Well, listeners or viewers, I mean – if you've been listening to us for f- 50 minutes or whatever, you've heard it. This guy cares about hot dogs. He's not just throwing a product <laughs> out there and being like, oh, uh, this will be a way to make some money. No, you've put a lot of time and energy and thought and effort into this. And you've created a product that it, it'll it'll make the skeptics like believe. And and, so. and I've been to several hot dog restaurants in Omaha. And I was just kind of like, oh, oh, OK, you know, that that was good. 
I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to go spend seven dollars on it again. I would not say that about Willie Dogs. That that's Thank the. You, this is the type of place where even if you just get, you don't even get it dressed. You just get the hot dog itself. It's a fantastic dog, and I think Thank Omaha you, would be proud to have that represented as the Omaha dog. So thank you, Ryan, for all the thank hard work you. you put into this business. Thank you for coming on the show today, taking your time. I really appreciate it. I'm forever grateful, Dan. Thank you so much for your time. Omaha, as always, thanks for eating with us. A Huda Media Production.